latest edition of The Crude Report. This is a weekly podcast from Argus Media in which we try to shine a bit of light on some of the big issues of the day in the global crude markets. My name is James Gooder and I'm VP for Crude in Europe and Africa. And I'm very pleased to welcome back to the pod Michael Carolyn, who's our global crude report editor. Hi, Michael. How are you doing? Hi there, James. Happy to be back. Good. Well, today we're going to um, follow up on our most recent podcast. There's been a few uh, in the interim, but what we were doing was talking about the future of the dated Brent benchmark, or what we call at Argus, the North Sea dated price. This is a daily index which is used uh, in much of the world to price uh, crude at various differentials, premiums, discounts, and is in lots of very important contracts. And it's been a very controversial year for the dated Brent price. Uh, There were some changes that were suggested and the market remains very divided. Uh, In our last podcast, we let you know that we were running a poll, an informal poll, of course. This is not the way things are decided in the crude world, but we ran a poll about which of two possible outcomes uh, the market would prefer. And I can say that there was a vocal response to this question, uh, some strong opinions voiced. Um, The question we asked was, should the dated Brent benchmark with its dwindling production and falling uh, market uh, liquidity be boosted by the addition of US crude into the uh, into the European benchmark? Or should a newish grade from Norwegian waters, that's Johan Sverdrup, be the um, be the solution? Uh, Michael, what was the outcome of the poll? Well, surprisingly, it was um, Johan Sverdrup was the the more favoured option. I say surprisingly because um, conversations we've had with the with the main players in the North Sea physical market, there is, if not support for WTI's inclusion, then a, a certain resignation that that is the direction of travel. But of course, Brent goes much wider and deeper than just the, um, the this particular smallish trading community. And maybe this survey shows that the, the wider community exposed to Brent um, could be in favour of a different solution. Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, we are talking about different constituencies here. There's the North Sea Trading Club, if you like, whose activities set the various constituent parts of have dated. And then there's the rest of the world, which uses these things in long-term contracts out of Russia, out of North Africa and the Med and so on. So um, it's really um, lots of different um, people involved. Uh, I mean, it's, it is interesting, as you say, that Johann Sverdrup was the uh, preferred option. There is uh, certainly a, a a group of companies that favour that. They say that, well, the North Sea benchmark should reflect the price of North Sea crude. Um, and Johann Sverdrup is the largest single stream in Northwest Europe. That's right, isn't it? It is. It is by quite some quite some distance now. And it's uh, the capacity of Johann Sverdrup has, has recently been increased to um, uh, 775,000 barrels mm-hmm. a day. And this was Equinor just last week, so that should that should be by the end of 2022. So I mean, by that stage, it's gonna it's gonna tower over every other grade in the North Sea. Absolutely. Well, as a, as a companion to this uh, this broadcast, we have put together an explainer of some of the issues. So we will link to that in the transcript of this uh, podcast, so you can find the details there and and see some representations of what it would mean. But essentially, we have this large grade in the North Sea. Other grades have been bolted onto the benchmark over the years. It used to be just Brent. Now we have Forties, Oseberg, Ecofisk, Troll, and now potentially other grades put into this basket. It seems to be an obvious solution geographically. But what are some of the objections to to the addition of, of Johann Sverdrup, Michael? 
Well, the, the main one is it's a matter of quality. Johan's you know, is both heavier and sourer than the other grades in the basket, and therefore it trades at a, uh, at a much lower level. Um, we, we've run some numbers. We've tried to look at how Johan's know, could be included in a benchmark. Is there existing mechanisms we could use? The, the quality premiums are already part of uh, the dated calculation, and these these are there to bring Osberg, Ekvisk, and Troll down towards the level of Brenton 40s, which uh, trade a lot, a lot lower. So we've looked at could we use the same mechanism to bring the value of Johann Sverdrup up, up um, mm. and basically use recent trade-based data to to uh, to adjust it in that way. And um, using a similar mechanism, it it does it does work so we've we've run numbers using um uh, gross product worth uh, data rather than trade but um from what we can see it does yield an acceptable result there wouldn't be a major change in the value of dated but it would bring in much more volumes in uh, and many more price signals in uh, in establishing the the price that's interesting i mean we i think we mentioned on our last um, podcast the fact that if according to our calculations, you were to bring WTI into the basket, um, it would most likely, based on, uh, on on past market behavior, it would become a key part of the benchmark setting process as it tends to be discounted to clear into Europe and trades at a very competitively low level. Uh, and it would be setting the benchmark as much as half of the time. Is, would that be the case with, with Johan Sverdrup as well? No, because we'd be, we'd be effectively adjusting the difference in in trade. Although there'd be a lag, it'd be trade from the previous month, which would be um, we'd use the quality adjustment for the the coming month. But that would basically wipe out the difference. So I mean, it, we'd probably end up with a marginally lower benchmark, but but really no more than five ten percent um, of the time. Interesting. Yeah. Well, I mean, I appreciate a lot of this is pretty, uh, pretty technical stuff for the non-specialist, but uh, we're always happy to, to discuss in more detail. As uh, I mentioned, people have some very strong and increasingly entrenched views about this. I know there is a, a positively uh, committed camp to the Johan Sverdrup solution, but on the other side, there are people who are in favour of bringing U.S. cargoes traded on for delivery into Europe. Uh, as part of the Brent basket. Um, and it seems, it's a bit hard to say, but it seems that the current trend is towards that outcome. Is that fair to say, Mike? Yeah, well, I mean, the immediate plans are, are, are unclear, to be honest. There were there were planned to be a series of workshops this spring and early summer hosted by our, our competitors, Platts, mm. um, to come up with a, a plan for Data Brent's future. But these, as far as we're aware, have not happened at all, and there's no clarity on when they will be happening. And um, the feeling in the industry is that we need to get people in a room together to to thrash this out, and that's obviously not been possible because of COVID restrictions. But as things are easing up, perhaps in the second half of the year, um, we will see some progress on this. Certainly, declining volumes of the existing grades in the benchmark means there is a there is a ticking clock here. So we need a solution fairly quickly and the solution on the table at the moment appears to be WTI so how how we get that into the mechanism is is far from clear yeah i think we uh, we we covered some of that last time and it is a highly complex uh, question about how do you incorporate crude from outside the region into uh, into the brent complex um but that aside um you know let's let's see which way uh, which way the market eventually goes but um there are other possibilities 
drifting around, some other ideas are, are floating to the surface. Of course, any given idea is going to probably favour the proposer of it, uh, and there will be others who won't be such big fans. But uh, some of the suggestions we've been hearing recently, for example, would be to put 100% quality differentials, those quality premiums Michael was talking about, on all grades. So at the moment it's 60%, which adjusts them down to a certain level, but doesn't really bring them into benchmark setting competition as often as it would. That might bring uh, a bit more liquidity to some of the grades in the basket that you don't typically see uh, setting the benchmark, like Troll, for example. Um, another one we were hearing, Michael, was to drop 40s and Brent. That sounds pretty yeah. radical. Why, why would we do that? Well, I mean, this is this is quite an out there suggestion, but it, it has the merits. And there's basically limited and fawning production of both of these grades. And that means that they send quite a distorting price signal sometimes. And the feeling is that as, as the number of cargoes goes down, this distortion will become really quite quite volatile, quite a volatile part of the uh, of the dated price signal. Um, removing volumes from the benchmark seems an odd way of solving the problem of falling volumes. But um, certainly if we get down, I mean, Brent is already, you know, down to four or so cargoes a month, any lower than that. And you, you've got to ask the question, why is it there? Mm. Yeah, exactly. And then also with 40s, there is the question of quality. It does have this kind of varying sulfur level and, and um and specific gravity, depending on which parts of the system are switched on and off, the buzzard field obviously is quite different to the rest of the blend. Um, another thing is, uh, you know, this this futures, this whole futures and uh, forward ecosystem, if you like, around Brent, um, where most of the volume, most of the liquidity in the market is in the futures. Perhaps one possible outcome would be to use the futures as the benchmark um, rather than this dated structure which is looking increasingly creaky and uh, and perhaps underpopulated by information um, and then another option i think we were hearing quite recently was to to change what the futures mean to link more directly to the physical market possibly to even settle against assessments of um, dated brent by companies like argus and platts what do you think about that well, I think the suggestion arose because of the trouble of getting WTI into dated, mm. because getting WTI into dated is one thing, but getting into the forward market, which is a, a key part of the the, the dated structure, um, that that's the big obstacle, and and we haven't heard any any reasonable suggestion of how that works. So one solution is just to remove the forward market, and to remove the forward market, then Icebrand has to settle directly on dated, um, but whether one one PRA's dated Brent is enough to settle ice remains to be seen. It could be that they look for a combination of prices in some way to to do that. Mm. And because you of course you still need a link to the to the physical market for, for ice Brent. That's right. And of course there is a precedent for this kind of combining of, of price reporting agency assessments in things like the UK tax uh, code for arm's length non arm's length transactions and all of that. Well, clearly, um, <laughs> we don't have a solution today, but these are some of the options that are, are floating around. I hope this is, uh, hope to clarify some of them a little bit. I mean, basically, to sum up, it feels to me like there are many possible ways to improve this dated price. There's not yet a consensus. The most likely outcome, as it stands, which is uh, to include some US crude WTI Midland quality into the dated basket without changing the forward elements. I mean, that, that seems the way that we are 
we're drifting towards, but that's fraught with difficulties and may lead some of the large crude exporters, particularly in Russia, who might uh, object to the use of a US uh, index to set their uh, their term and spot sales to move to something else. And this, this could really fracture the way benchmarking works. Anyway, thanks very much for, for, um, for your help today, Michael. It's very interesting. Um, and thanks everybody for listening. Of course, uh, as I said, there's, a, there's an explainer available to make some of this um, very complex information digestible in a visual way. Uh, and also, we'll continue to look at it very closely. And all of the prices that we're talking about are available in the Argus Crude Report, of course. So please have a look there and any feedback is very welcome. So thanks very much, Michael. And we'll see you again. We'll see you again soon. See you.